0: Welcome back to the second episode of Ladies First for 2021, and it is a doozy. I am Corey here with Taylor. Hello. I don't know why I'm talking this way. (laughs) It's my little announcer voice, overly affected. Um, We did talk about last year that we had an episode coming up where we were going to be discussing some long brewing fandom behaviors that we had found concerning
1: so yeah this is gonna be that episode you ready taylor definitely um as i told Corey, i wanted to start this episode towards the beginning of the year to like set the tone like things to not do in fandom so we can have 2021 go well as best it can
0: And wouldn't you know it, it happened after there was an attempted insurrection coup thing that happened in the Capitol. Uh, When we're recording this, it was actually last week when it happened, so we're coming fresh off of the heels of what can happen when a group of people gets so fomented into a fury that they commit treason. I felt it was appropriate. Especially
1: with the president being kicked off Twitter, finally. Um, I do, I think this is a good segue to
0: kind of put a disclaimer here. Um, When we talk about throughout this episode of, you know, people being mob mentality pilloried, we're not referring to cancel culture. Um, We're not going to be mentioning cancel culture much in this episode. A, because I think it's been conflated with what we want to talk about, which is You know, we consider disposability culture. The cancel culture actually has its roots in queer uh, POC spaces, and it's been high key appropriated by white people who like to complain about a quote unquote mom mentality because, you know, they were being called out for their racist bigoted behavior or they're afraid of being called out for their racist bigoted behavior. That's not what we're referring to that we have an issue with in fandom spaces. So we want to be very clear. A, we don't feel it's appropriate for us to use the term cancel culture because that's from a different space and it's addressing specific concerns. And it has been, you know, appropriated by white people. B, you or C, I don't even know what letter I'm on. You can avoid that kind of cancel culture by, you know, not being a racist bigot. It's not that hard. Don't be an asshole and they're not going to come for you. We are high key here for people who are racist, pro-Nazi, pro-homophobe, pro-transphobe, pro-biphobe, pro-any kind of bigotry being called out. You are not finding any sympathy here. Y'all can, you know, go get chased by a flock of angry geese. I'm trying to be diplomatic because, you know, I don't want to incite violence even though I think it might be warranted. <clears throat> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. See, it's a sticky wicket. It's a sticky wicket. Uh, Anyways, worth- if, you, if you're one of those people who like to complain about cancel culture and mob mentality because people were called out for being racist and they don't like it and it hurts their feelings, this is
1: not going to be the episode for you because, you know, get bent. Be good? I think that's a good disclaimer i think that put it all out there um i just wanted to do, make a quick note um the term disposability culture i got from a tweet from at such nerve on twitter um and she was talking specifically about quote which has infested social justice spaces with the idea that it's not only okay but good to throw people away as a first-line tactic instead of a last resort end quote so disposability culture deals with the leftist side of issues where like for example an indie content creator has a cringy thing that maybe morally not great from their past and then but that was years ago and they've since changed it but they're being called out online and people like don't buy their thing deplatform them it is yeah so that's what we got the idea of disposability culture from to help you understand what we're going to be talking about when we're going to be talking about toxic fandom behaviors and everything that we've been thinking about the past few months
0: um i mean also it doesn't mean everything is morally dubious um part of this is just we have issues with oh i think slightly left of center from you on this get rid of them that that is also the problem we have that's primarily the problem we have of like it feels like this weird sort of McCarthyism going on about how much of a purist are you? This inverted McCarthyism of how much of a purist are you? But you know, let's let's scale back. We'll work up to this. Um, primarily, if you didn't already guess, this episode is discussing how fandoms can reflect very binary, black and white thinking associated with religion. Um, I know i've talked about before we've kind of let fandom slash bitch culture give people this carte blanche excuse to be abusive to people, and we do it like oh it's in the name of sassy it's in the name of entertainment it 's in the name of you know whatever and this is I think where we're starting to become very uncomfortable because we get uncomfortable when it happens on the other side of the spectrum. And I don't think that it gives us necessarily a pass just because we believe certain things to also mimic those behaviors.
1: This conversation kind of started because Corey was like mentioning something to me and I was then reminded of this great Tumblr thread that I sent her. And it was a Tumblr thread basically where people were talking about these kind of issues in fandom and someone chimed in talking about the parallel thought thoughts processes of someone in fandom and someone in like a very rigid church community where it's like, you know, as Corey mentioned, black and white thinking, very much purity culture. Like if you deviate this much from this kind of prescribed view on sexuality, for example, or the character you're writing an AU for is very much not a precious cinnamon roll, then suddenly they're no good and they're bad. And there was a really great quote. Um, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil, and she had a bad Steven Universe headcanon. And it's that idea that something as basic as disagreements over like fan fiction or headcanons or character traits are now being moralized and being used to denigrate and attack people online. And it's this moralizing of things in fandom that has gone really out of hand sometimes and has become very frustrating.
0: I do want to chime in really quickly. Another disclaimer. This episode is going to have so many disclaimers. Um, When we're talking about what we're concerned with, we're not saying that we're pro anybody who is like advocating abuse apologisms or advocating that, you know, genocide is okay or that racism is okay We're not talking about, like, we're just carte blanche saying, oh, they should, blah, 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 this this is totally okay. We're saying we have, you know, issues of just, you don't think a certain character is a woobie, and that means you get piled on. You know, like, this gets pretty extreme. I mean, I know I've talked to Taylor about, you know, that I can, can completely buy that in an overwhelmingly Christian country like the U.S., it could easily produce the same kind of dogmatic group think models in, you know, fandom spaces, even if the people involved don't claim, you know, Christianity or any kind of religion because toxic Christianity and, you know, the rise of the toxic Christianity we've seen, especially in the last four years that ramped up is, you know, that's like the basic background radiation for life in the U S so I can easily see why, and even we're guilty of it we kind of absorb these very binary models of black and white i'm right you're wrong and if you're wrong you're a terrible person yes i mean um, it's it's kind of turned fandom into kind of like i think i would go so far as to say religion as an echo chamber and then it doesn't have critical thought pardon me critical thought and it's enshrining these this kind of passive, aggressive, and toxic behavior that borders on abusive as normal and it doesn't have any consistent rep to counter it and it only becomes worse. And we talk about this with like those echo chambers online where you can go into and suddenly all of your reality gets warped. it it we kind of have similarities with that in fandom, you know, and i it's it is worrisome and i'm not saying it's on the level la- the level of like full-scale insurrection against the us government but it is worry somehow we still find ourselves in these echo chambers where we can just kind of convince ourselves our way is the right way and we don't want to even discuss i, I it's not even like oh you have to give racists a platform it's not that's not what we're saying it's the oh, I think this character might be this. Well, you're bad, and we have to pile on you. And I'm like, really? This is
1: like, you're doing this over a fandom character? As someone who wasn't raised in a religious household, but whose family was affected by Christianity and just general religion and how it affected my parents growing up, You know, I inherited black and white thinking. It's taken a lot of work to restructure my brain. What I really appreciated about that Tumblr thread I mentioned was the comments that were made about how a lot of people changed what they think, but not how they think. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really key to to, personal development. It's not just changing the content in your brain, but how you actually address that content and look at it. And it's just something I see a lot with young people online who come to the online spaces with a lot of baggage, sometimes a lot of childhood trauma they aren't addressing. And they, you know, they'll overreact to something or in the, you know, it's this idea that people don't really know how to have conversations with with each other and de-escalate problems in private Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why there's been a rise of you know abusers in online spaces and lgbtq spaces and everything because people are not because abusers see spaces aren't the best at handling confrontation and they then infiltrate it and you know abusers are very charming people toxic people are very charming and you often the, you know with these young people in fandoms online though they don't want to question authority because they're afraid of getting dog piled on you know piled on kicked out of the end group
0: so, i mean it becomes and you're in an echo chamber essentially and whoever the leader of that is especially if they're a toxic person they wield it like a weapon you know it's group think mentality and if you don't conform to the way that you know the leader of this group wants to think then you're out and especially for younger people that can that can on some level be traumatic especially when you know maybe in your physical area you don't have much of a community and you find a community online but that gets taken over by toxic people well what are you going to do are you going to leave the toxic group and it's the first place that you've ever felt like you fit in and I'm I will freely admit part of the problem is you have adults going into spaces that are predominantly full of younger people and behaving badly. I'm not it's it's not I don't sometimes it's behaving like severely inappropriately in ways that are illegal and then just ways of like you're an adult and these are like teenagers slash super early adults, and there's a power and experience imbalance. And And I feel like you are being inappropriate here, which, you know, that's not to say is like, you know, adults deserve our fandom spaces too, especially adult women. But there are certain people who are toxic that do come into these groups. Um, It's not just women, but they come into these groups and they cause chaos or they take over. And just so a lot of discord, And it becomes very toxic and stressful to stay in that group.
1: I think a lot of people have lost sight of the benefit of DMs, as in if you have a problem with something or someone said or did something that, you know, hurt you or just bothered you or you had a question on, there's nothing wrong with asking or talking to someone in private and just being like, hey, whether it's like, hey, you sent something that was kind of offensive. Can you please not? This is why or if you have a question on like terminology to use i feel with how public social media is and all these open face platforms i feel like it is it's so much harder to filter out and not have strangers intruding on private stuff i it's like there are a lot of discussions i've seen online but, you know the the difference between live journal and tumblr for example because live journal had cr- closed groups while tumblr it's like Tumblr is completely open with the tags and it makes it great to find content for things you're interested in. But if you're just shit blogging, like shit posting or privately blogging on your own blog, that's kind of like you're also making personal stuff kind of public and then people feel the need to respond. And it's just really complicated. And I think that's why it's so important that if you have something you need to say to someone, you can DM it to them because something's just, i meant to be handled between two people without everyone watching them.
0: Well, I mean, I agree. I think Twitter actually exacerbates this and makes it even worse. Definitely. Um, but also, I mean, it's something I've talked to Eli about before of like people are just so, I'm just going to say whatever online and then be shocked Pikachu face that it comes back to bite me. I'm like, there are some things that I know people might be trying to work through that I'm like, this is say out loud in private, maybe to a therapist or maybe to a good friend to work through and not, you know, in a public space.
1: The internet has really trained us to go and post anything that we're like, we're feeling angry or frustrated about. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's an urge I have to fight now. And then it's like, oh, this person said something I didn't agree with. So I'm going to post something. And like, Yeah, it's
0: like doom scrolling and you just marinate in anger instead of, you know, it's it it conditions you to speak first, reflect later.
1: Exactly. And it can get so passive aggressive sometimes. And it's just like, you know, if you need to just call someone, call a friend to rant to them, like. I understand needing to get things off your chest and out of your head. But also I feel like people are, the difference between IRL IRL and online self are very much dissipating, like that line. Mm -hmm. But I feel it's important to have that divide because your online self can be seen by anyone who knows how to find you. You, you and, should
0: still be careful. I mean, we're not just talking about potential predators. We're talking about, you know, future job prospects. Do you really want a future employer to pull up you shit posting something about Supergirl and telling somebody to eat your entire ass
1: because they disagreed with you? That is part of it. But also because there are all kinds of people who like to dig up people's mistakes and use that against them. And the more marginalized you are, the more people are going to put a microscope on you and look for flaws and mistakes to try to push you off. I mean, to be, I'm going to interject here. There is a
0: there is an easy, easy solution to this. Just delete your tweets. That is definitely like, true. I you know, I'm an advocate of I deleted my Twitter. I Twitter is not good for me. I'm like, I deleted my entire Twitter. I only check it for the fundamentals because, you know, social media for the site, but just delete your tweets every six months. Just delete your tweets every six months. I know it's a radical idea, and some people think whatever I put out into the ether needs to stay there for all time, but most of what you put out, I would argue, is, you know, it's like, eh. And that way, if you accidentally do say something, you know, potato you're covered, even if you didn't realize it was potato at the time. Because I guarantee you, part of the problem with some of these other folks is that you say something and you, at the time you don't realize it's bad. Then by the time you have grown up, you've, and you, you know, you know, those things you did were bad and you're actively working to
1: rectify that and not do them again and make things better for people. You forgot you made the tweet. Definitely. And like you can say something and not realize the implications when you're saying it. And, but the implications are obvious to the person who might be implicated in terms of like, something race-related or gender-related or whatever, because y- w- none of us are born knowing all the right terms and ways to evaluate the world so much of being a good ally in whatever way, just r- reconditioning your brain to not think bad things or not see things in a certain way and not fall into certain stereotype- stereotyping. Yeah, like,
0: say you're 24. You have done a tremendous amount of personal work learning how to be a good ally, ally, when to listen, when to sit down, when to put it into action, when to help people. Like, you've put in a tremendous amount of work to, you know, that you've been decolonizing yourself. But you forgot about a shit post you made that is K-problematique when you were 17 and weren't thinking about it. And guess what? somebody goes and digs that up. Now, obviously you're not that person anymore. You have done a tremendous amount of work not to be that person. You've engaged good faith with people. You've helped out. Maybe you volunteer, you donate, you know, you do whatever, but you forgot that tweet existed. Just delete your tweets every six months, people just clock out, delete your tweets every six months. You don't have that problem anymore. Also tweet, you know, like, be mindful of what you're tweeting. I understand if you're a teenager. It's just like, I've been a teenager. We, we remember it's, I have to post this thing. And then you forget you posted this thing. And like I said, six years later, whoops. Just delete your old tweets. At least that's my opinion on it.
1: I mean, it's a good opinion. I debate uh, a lot whether or not to delete my social media. And honestly, one of the reasons why I hold off deleting my Facebook is I don't want my... Me- my messenger account to disappear because I use messenger and it's like, but those are all my messages with my friends. But like, but my those actual- are private. Those aren't public. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, I'm
0: talking about like, you see people who have tweets that keep coming back up to bite them. And I know they forgot they made them. I'm not oh, talking I- about problematic celebrities. Like they, they knew what they did, but I'm talking about people who are in progressive circles who, you know, I know personally, seem like genuinely good people who were trying and they were stupid and they forgot they made the tweet
1: my comment was more about a vocalizing frustration with how just facebook is laid out because my messenger account is attached to my public facebook account Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why i'm using discord more because discord's great you know who has a discord we have a discord you should come join us
0: on here even if you want to rant about, I disagree with you on this. Like we have space for it. We made a new channel today called Mature Themes. I called it not safe for work until Sahir pointed out that it had a different connotation than I thought it did. <clears throat> but we have, a, we have a channel. If you want to have these heavier discussions and like try to work through some of this stuff, we have a channel for you. And it's a private community. Just saying. Just saying. Anyways, um, moving on what you brought up about anger though like how we're conditioned to be angry it's not just i want to doom scroll and then like post an angry reaction tweet about this event that happened i think it conditions conditions us to i know you've talked about bitch culture of like just be mean to total strangers and forget that you know there's an actual living human being on the other line again i'm not talking about like being made into the donald trump's of the world i'm talking about just like rando celebrities that haven't really done anything to anybody they just exist or actors or whomever and like there is this rise of i'm gonna tweet terrible things about this person that they may see and i think it's entertainment
1: i can actually interject with some psychology here i've, I've i have to put a disclaimer i'm not like I don't have a degree in psychology. I've just read a lot of psychology books because I have to with my personal background. And often with like those who are major black and white thinking, who have very strong narcissistic traits, they split people into good and bad. So for example, if you have a narcissistic parent who falls into the far end of one end, into the spectrum, the malignant side Um, You will split your kids. There'll be the golden kid who can't do anything wrong. You're projecting all of your good onto them. But then the other kid is the scapegoat, the black sheep. And it's this kind of binary thinking of splitting people into certain roles. I see that online where certain people being valorized, other people being completely denigrated. And I see that also where... With what's very interesting about this dynamic in toxic families is the person who is made the scapegoat, the black sheep child, usually is one of the one of the healthiest members in the family in terms of being the most compassionate, the most sympathetic, the most normal in the sense that they are not unhealthily, you know, that they aren't narcissistic in a personality sense. And I think there's
0: less of an of a what's the term. level of enmeshment.
1: Yes, that they are less embedded into the family's toxic culture. And I see this kind of happening online. Like, I've told Corey this, but I'm a Taylor Swift follower. And the kind of vitriol she gets online is... It makes no sense, considering she mostly just writes songs and sits at home with her cats watching TV and donates money to different causes. Compared to certain male celebrities like male singers who treat their fans like shit have accusations of assault against them you know just it's a very interesting dissonance and i see elements of this narcissistic binary at play and i think it's partially because so many people engage in black and white thinking that they're going to split people into different roles and it gets worse that if you're marginalized in some way, they're going to split you into the Black Sheep scapegoat role, but then add in gross stereotypes onto that. And use those stereotypes to hurt a person.
0: I mean, like you talk about you know, Taylor Swift. I think uh, another example of that is Meghan Markle. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, how she was treated by far too many people in the United Kingdom who just you go on twitter it is just appalling how many people who have literally never met her never met her don't know her and they will call her the worst things and they are just absolutely convinced because the british tabloids are also racist pieces of shit well i shouldn't say that i believe the racist tabloids are racist i should say that I believe they are racist. I believe their writing is racist. That is my personal opinion. But people read them and they read them and they read them and they absorb it. And then you have everybody who's like, Meghan Markle is a snake and she did this and this and this. And I think she does this and you know, she does this. I'm like, have you met her? So why you haven't met her? So why are you saying, you know, she does this and this and this in private? And it's not just her, it's other celebrities or it's actors or it's, you know, writers. It's people who are, I'm not talking about like the super problematic JK Rowling's who are transphobes. I'm talking about, you know, people who are kind of mainly just going about their business. Like they haven't stepped in anything. They're just trying to exist. And we decide that it's going to be fun to use them as some kind of punching bag. People,
1: I have. I think the who do this have a lot of insecurities and problems with themselves. So they're taking it out on people that they think are just figureheads. They aren't real people to them. They're like, oh, this person is rich or this, you know, this person is, you know, a member of the royal family. So what I'm saying can't really hurt them. And it's like, no, maybe like one tweet may not bother them, but it may. But being tweeted thousands of times, such vitriol, it adds up. It it I mean, accumulates. It's really outrageous how
0: people talk shit about it. And they love talking shit about it. It's like they're almost getting off about it. Like you obsessively put them down. You don't know them. Like these they don't know them whatsoever. But it's like they're feeding into this addictive rage cycle of put downs on you know this quote-unquote monster that they've built up in their heads that doesn't really reflect reality at all and like you said it's an insecurity issue it's like you feel completely out of control in this one area of your life and so you take your control back by putting this other person down like you feel like you're putting them in their place so it's almost like you're becoming abusive yourself in this arena as a form to like have some kind of control and I'm like, they're not the people pulling the strings over here and making your life shit. The they're thing not is,
1: You can actually become addicted to stress hormones. you can become addicted to anger. you can become addicted to the chemicals that flood your brain and body when you're angry. And on the flip side, if you're in an abusive relationship, your body can become addicted to the stress hormones from the abuse cycle, not saying that I'm not saying that uh, someone in an abusive relationship once that abuse, it's just that their body gets stuck on a cycle of chemical reactions, because you'll, your stress hormones will spike from the cycle, and their so body
0: and in that particular scenario, they don't have an escape from it. So they don't. Just, their bodies
1: are adapting. Exactly. But on the flip side, when you're addicted to anger and you're being an abusive person, I mean, who better to take it out on than some person who you'll never meet? Mm-hmm. and you can and if they're public you can just go google them and find something to get angry about well and it's you know, not
0: even just them that's being affected like let's take megan markle i'll go back to her again when she made that announcement about their miscarriage and so many people went online to be like you lying bitch you whore blah 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 blah, blah. i'm like megan markle may not have seen it but somebody you know who's had a miscarriage probably saw what you said and I guarantee you it hurt them oh absolutely it's that's that's the thing about a shotgun shooting shit pellets the shit goes everywhere that's a good saying I just made it up I'm pretty sure I, I must have heard it somewhere but it just popped in my head I'm very proud of it but yeah the shit pellets go everywhere It's not just like people are reading your tweets and they're seeing the stuff you're putting out. Either you're feeding into their own worst impulses or you're unknowingly hurting somebody else that is going through something that this other person might be going through and they see you shitting all over them. And congratulations, you're no longer a person that that your friend can trust. I mean, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a victimless thing, even if you don't see the person
1: you're hurting. And even if they don't see, even if you don't see them, they might see you. Like, Taylor Swift in an essay where she talked about her mental health struggles after being, quote-unquote, after getting basically a hate mob of tweets a few years ago, reflected once on a tweet she saw years ago, like a comment about her appearance, and she still remembered it to, like, 10 years later because it was just so specifically mean. It was like, Mm -hmm. That's, I think, a problem with the internet and being surrounded by so much information and just like words, is that we get all these things stuck in our brain that we normally wouldn't. Like, I think in a, it was like, like the data was done or something. And like a week of the New York headline of the New York Times headlines, just one week of New York Times headlines is more information than a person would see in their lifetime like 150 years ago Mm -hmm. we are inundated with just constant things other people are saying and doing and the negative stuff is going to stick more so it's the internet and these really toxic fandom things are very based in accumulation
0: yeah i mean this it's like you know the boiling frog analogy If you don't know the boiling frog analogy, it's basically like you boil a frog by putting a frog into a cold pan of water and then slowly raising the temperature up over a long period of time so the frog keeps getting used to and used to and used to having the hotter water until it's too late. You know, um, I know, Taylor, you've talked about, you know, like in terms of psychology, it was like these kind of fractured parasocial relationships either you apply that you have a relationship to somebody because you quote unquote stand them or you anti stand them and you have these long kind of very detailed fantasies that are not
1: healthy oh yeah like um with deep intense revenge fantasies is not healthy um in a book trauma and recovery Judith Herman talks about how damaging it is when a survivor has really really vivid violent revenge fantasies against their abuser because it's not going to undo the abuse. It's going to just make the person feel shittier usually because it makes them feel bad. And so it's like taking what you've learned from your abuser, like taking those bad habits and trying to put it back on them. But that's not going to change anything. It's becoming like one's abuser or one's toxic, like fandom is not going to like make things better long term
0: it might make you feel like it's like a drug you kind of feel good in the moment let anger makes you feel good in the moment but when you come back down from the anger you've still got your real world problems the the issue here is that you're using and I think fandom is a great tool to cope with things and I think it's a great hobby you can have but the problem becomes when that turns into your only way of dealing with anything that goes on with your life and it's unhealthy, you still have all the issues going on. Those haven't been addressed and you're just getting sucked further and further and further down this road of this is the only thing that actually matters. You know, and I think there's another issue, especially in women's spheres where we have this kind of, I know Taylor's talked about, um, cinderella and the stepmother kind of comparison a lot of there's this kind of faux feminism that a it's like super racist b you know it valorizes women who climb the ladder so to speak by hurting other women and often that's white women who are
1: stepping on women of color basically a good chunk of quote-unquote left-leaning or leftist people Really,
0: I'm gonna say it. We have issues with white leftists climbing on the work that people of color have done absolutely and kicking them down and then like acting like they're the problem, even though I'm like the only reason you're up this ladder is because you stepped all over their work or vaunted over them, acting like you knew them for social capital or whatever. And like th- this thing that we valorize people who well, they must be strong. You know, they they must be right. You know, That this, uh, these other people didn't make it up to the top. So this person must be right. And like, why are we not examining how they got there? Is Definitely. it because they kicked a lot of other people to the curb or straight up, you know, like stole their ideas or reappropriated them? Because it really, it's just that that's a toxic person.
1: For me, the whole Cinderella thing was prompted because I was thinking about the Cinderella article I read that I think was written by a white man going by the name. It was definitely a man, but I think he was also white. And basically being like, you know, Cinderella's okay, but you know why her stepmother is actually really cool and you should be like her. And this then list did this listicle of like, she has all the sassy one-liners and she's really powerful and has nice clothes. And I'm like, D- did you not read the Cinderella stories growing up? Did you not watch the movies? It's very much this, you know, female empowerment, girl power thing, which is be just an abusive piece of shit and do nothing to help other women and just put people down. You've and, got
0: to be critical about what we're celebrating. You've
1: exactly. You've got to have
0: critical thought about what we're celebrating. You know, I've talked about on episodes of Ladies First that we had, you know, when Eli would do episodes of me that we had, major issues with catra from shira i know like diana and i talked about we had which was very not popular by the way in certain circles but we had issues with um motherland fort salem with a character um i just blanked on her name that's probably Silla? gonna yeah so i'm like man this is really gonna endear me to them we had issues with lionizing this character of Scylla I have issues with lionizing this character of Katrin like I understand these are people that you can feel an amount of empathy for but I don't think that overrides the empathy you should feel for other characters who are not out there perpetrating a fascist regime or you know murdering people so it's very it's again, why are we valorizing certain characters even though those characters have done objectively morally wrong things over other characters who also have, you know, quote-unquote
1: woobie-ish traits, but somehow we don't need to... It reminds me, since we had mentioned religion at the beginning of this, it reminds me of how if you are raised in a religious... Religious, sorry, religious community. I can't talk tonight. Religious community. You might be taught to look the other way for certain le- leaders. It's long history of people in power going into communities where they know they won't really be questioned and using their positions then to abuse and exploit people. It's not just religion, of course. I'm just we're just use, using that as an example because it's very common situation for people to be in you know being raised in a religious household community and it's this idea you know excusing toxic leaders of religion and this includes those who are not very conservative those who are more left-leaning it's because it's national
0: level like it's national culture it's not even if you don't grow up in a religious household you grow up you know on some level there's this might makes right manifest destiny bullshit um strong man
1: type of
0: essentialism
1: and also the leftist side of the internet and how that's in fandom is this idea like if you're using m- moral social justicey language it must mean that you can't be a terrible person because you you're using the right language and are espousing these beliefs that are supposedly for the betterment of all humankind but that's not always the case A shitty
0: person is a shitty person. It doesn't matter the words that they say. You know, there are, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, there are people in the activist circles whose last name rhymes with wing that I think many people would say are complete and utter grifters that take money and take up air in the room and don't really get a lot done, but they really push themselves to the forefront and are right up there with the rage and
1: like to say they're leading the movement. Definitely. Lundy Bancroft in his book on male abusers even describes this type of, you know, the Mr. Sensitive, you know, the guy who claims he's a feminist, but then go abuses his girlfriend or something Mm -hmm. in private. And you see that when studying narcissism, the most, there are three kinds of narcissism that's been like identified in the past few years. And the most recent one is the communal narcissist, which is, you know, the person who's going to running the church community bowling thing or the charity fundraiser while then terrorizing his family at home. And it's this idea you see, no matter what kind of community is, whether it's a church community, a fandom community, a social justice community, or confluence online, it's that there are certain types of people who know that if they use the right moralistic lingo and do the right moralistically quote unquote good acts that in public, they can then get a lot of people on their side who will protect them and vouch for them and then use that to hurt more people. You know, I, you know, I study this kind of stuff a lot because I find it interesting. And I see a lot of parallels with, you know, the public shaming associated with um, Christianity, like the scarred letter and that kind of like public shaming, the, village hunting against the woman and branding her one way or the other with um disposability culture and how if you do one thing one thing that is perceived as wrong whether it's actually wrong or not and you're out you're banished you are no longer a person Them and you're out and what's funny is that also has a lot of parallels with something called trashing which was stuff that happened in the feminist movement a lot a few decades ago Basically, if you did something that was perceived as wrong, you would be trashed for it. They would talk behind your back. They would disparage you. And I spoke about this with Lani Ka'ahumanu last month because she was trashed when she... Because she was in a lesbian feminist circle in the 80s, but realized she was bisexual and came in as bisexual among lesbians. So it's like different names, but it's all the same shit happening in slightly different ways depending on the community. And that's something to be aware of when you are in online spaces because you don't know these people. You don't, unless you, you know, you don't know what someone's agenda is when you're first talking to someone online. You have to be careful and be aware that your words can be used against you and that someone may not have the best motives in mind even mm-hmm. if they're using the right language.
0: And also just keep in mind, you know, this isn't live journal anymore. Your social media is public. Also, I want to point out it's on a privately held platform that you signed the terms of services on, which they own your tweets. Um, you know, there's some caveats of like somebody else can't just go up and take, you know, your work and sell it for themselves. But Twitter... You know people people are i don't like having my tweets embedded for this one site it's wrong take it down this is putting me in a bad light i'm like well they can do that because that's the terms you signed for twitter like be more mindful of your social media in general of like what you're signing away when you sign up for these also be in mind you know keep in mind that it is public and unless you've set it for private anybody can see it when they go do a search Also, again, I would strongly suggest every six months just deleting your tweets. A lot can happen in six months. Look at 2020.
1: Shh, do not speak that into the world. I'm just saying a lot happened last week. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. I just don't want to mess with 2021. (laughs) I mean, like,
0: let's let's kind of start wrapping this up because I know we've talked about a lot. We're not saying fandom spaces are just bad. Because again, that's black and white thinking. We're trying to move beyond this kind of good and bad black and white thinking to discussing problematic elements or problematic people that can infiltrate or problematic behaviors that we can find ourselves falling into that are, A, they're toxic. B, they're not healthy for anyone. B, they, C, I'm losing my letters again. C, they border on abuse or are abusive and we've got to be mindful about this there is enough shit out in the world right now for us to you know we don't need to keep adding to it the world's on fucking fire y'all do we really need to be adding fuel to that fire again i'm not saying don't call somebody out for being a racist like call out all the racists like until the cows come home but some of this other stuff, you know, shitting on people that you don't even know who are just trying to exist. Like, why? Why? What is the point? You're not helping yourself. You're getting an adrenaline high that you could become addicted to. And it just makes you mean. And other people around you realize you're just mean.
1: It's We're just really bringing this up so people can be aware of these issues and just try to bring more nuance into the Online interactions, and you know, protect themselves and the people they know, and just be mindful.
0: Yeah, just and, you know, be be like- mindful of what you're typing, or what you're saying, or what you're, I guess, selfieing, or recording, or TikToking, whatever it is the kids use these days. I feel old, um, <laughs> but just be mindful about what you're putting out there because somebody always sees it. Definitely. Somebody is going to be impacted.
1: And the problem also with disposability culture and something else about disposability culture, a lot of people don't talk about is like having a bunch of people tweet that you're a terrible person and sending you like just really mean things can be very traumatic because we're a social species and having a community turn against us can be very isolating In the list of references um, I put together for this, I included an article on Medium about a journalist who was canceled because she said something that was trying to make a case on domestic violence, and it wasn't the best in acknowledging how race affected that. And she ended up getting hate mobbed, and she wrote this personal essay on her effects, being affected by it, and she did research And therapists are now seeing people who have been hate-mobbed online showing symptoms of PTSD years later. So this stuff can have real effect on people. So just be mindful of that. Just be mindful that even if you're only saying one thing, if 20 million people are saying the same thing, it's going to be a wave.
0: And if you're going to say something hateful,
1: if you are going to shame
0: somebody online, make sure it's a racist Or Nazi, you know, make sure it's for somebody who is just unequivocally not a good person.
1: Yeah, drive the Nazis offline and call them out. Not the indie queer creator who is just trying to figure themselves out through art and the messiness of being a human being.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, there are so many people right now. (laughs) We just saw like 8,000 of them last week. Like, reserve your quote unquote call out culture for, you know, people who are actively putting harm out there, the racists, the Nazis, the KKK people, the misogynists, the homophobes, the transphobes, you know, you can call that behavior out as problematic. I don't think we need to be doom scrolling and reveling and feeling bad, but if you are going to call somebody out,
1: call out a racist, that's our takeaway here if you're gonna do a call out call out a racist i think that's a good good mantra to have in mind call out a racist
0: yeah or you know transphobe or homophobe or
1: call out a bigot essentially yes
0: call out a bigot don't become addicted to it because that's not good for you but if you do have to call somebody out make sure they're a bigot that's our takeaway (laughs) thank you guys for sticking through this episode um I did mention earlier on, we do have a private um, Fundamentals Community Discord where we do have channels. If you want to continue this discussion or if you think maybe there's some points that could add nuance to it to further what we're talking about or maybe points we didn't consider, we would love to hear from you on there. Uh, We have an entire channel for it and that is now appropriately named. Also, uh, don't forget we have an entire array of other podcasts on the Fundamentals network, including <clears throat> let me pull up the list. Taylor made me. I keep bragging about this list. You made me. It's so fancy. I'm not going to oh, read them in you. order though. Cause I'm going to make, I'm going to be different. Unabashed book, the fundamentalist uh, We also have all bark, no dice. Obviously ladies first that's Haram beneath the screen of the ultra critics, sartorial splendor and we also have our weekly live play uh TTRPG group Faith Forge Academy it's every Friday they put out some really great content they just collaborated with us um New Year's Day to do a Black Lives Matter centric podcast post for New Year's Day of you know centering racial justice for this year so they're a really good group of people they just got a new cast member as well And they're coming out with some exciting stuff this year. Speaking of coming out with exciting stuff this year, we have some things for Ladies First that Taylor and I are both excited by. um, Kind of keeping in mind with people maybe being afraid to say things for being called out. And it's just because you don't know and you feel like there's not a safe place to ask these things. We will be having a kind of mini series series this spring, that we will have people of all sorts of identities across the spectrum that we'll just be having open conversations with about, you know, hey, what is the appropriate thing to say here? Or what do you not want to hear people say in this situation here? And kind of open those doors for some of the questions that, you know, you may have wondered. And they may be perfectly good faith questions, but you're just terrified to ask and you don't trust what Google says because it's giving you 50 million different answers. Also, I think we're doing some other fandom shit.
1: <laughs> when are we not doing fandom shit? That is well, the key this is question.
0: True. It's called the fundamentals. But, um, you know, we, we are going to be talking about other shows as well. But we are excited to, you know, kick that miniseries off this spring of just really kind of be fostering some understanding. And, you know, maybe a safer place of, I good faith want to know these questions, these answers, but I just don't know where to ask and I'm afraid to. So, I think that's all. I think I'm finally talked out. And I think Taylor's left me.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm just making sure you are finishing your point.
0: I'm talked out. So, that's all the time we have for now. Taylor, is there anything you wanted to add? Um, just keep wearing your masks.
1: That's yes. all I need to say. Keep Keep wearing your
0: masks, get your vaccine, socially distance, be safe.
1: And have a good night.
0: Bye. Bye.